Welcome to the Leaders Foundry, where leaders are forged and fortified. I'm Davidson Young, and I have Richard Obernezer here with me today. Uh, Richard is currently an executive coach and consultant based in Seattle. Richard was a vice president at Shea Homes, and before that, he was VP of Sales and Marketing at Pulte Group, one of the largest home builders in the nation, and spent also several years with Dillard's uh, in retail. Hi, Richard. Uh, would love for you to share a little bit more about yourself and what you're passionate about. Well, good morning, Davidson, first of all, and thanks for having me. It, uh, glad to be part of the Leaders Foundry. It's exciting. Um, I, I have uh, had an interesting journey, you know, certainly uh, one that uh, has taken some turns and twists, just like most people that are in leadership roles. I've uh, had the privilege of being in several different industries, like you mentioned, in, in retail. And, uh, and also in home building and development, uh, master plan community, visioning and design, and then ultimately building homes and delivering them to, to customers. And so there's been a real passion in leading teams. I've, I've felt uh, a calling for that uh, all of my life, all of my career. Um, certainly did that even in the amusement park business when I did that with mm. the Six Flags over Texas. So I've oh, always wow. had yeah. So, and then in the restaurant business as well during school. So mm -hmm. I've, I've led in uh, the restaurant business as well. So I've always loved that. And I loved helping my team members and being someone that they could rely on mm -hmm. to be a mirror sometimes for them mm -hmm. and be someone that is uh, helpful to them when they're asking questions or inquiring or how they get from here to there. And mm -hmm. that part of my leadership piqued my interest. And that's what led me to coaching in Becoming a, uh, this as a vocation as opposed to being a job or mm. a career. This is a vocation where I can express all of myself on behalf and in service to another person. So mm -hmm. a lot of work went through that, that time from leading and getting a consistent paycheck, you know, from a corporate entity and, mm -hmm. you know, the benefits associated with that. And then um, leaving that and then really diving deep into what is aligning with my core values and principles as a human being and as an individual and as a leader. So, mm -hmm. and then coaching and consulting and giving back is now the vocation and I'm thrilled to be able to do it and great to be able to talk to a, a fellow coach and leader. I know that you've had a lot of experience in different industries. Was there an event or a person that helped shape your leadership style? Yeah, there, there has been, um, Davidson, and it's, it's really been a everyone that has led team members that I have had the opportunity to witness has been an inspiration and a learning opportunity for me. Um, I believe in the, the adage and the, the saying that uh, Voltaire said that appreciation is a wonderful thing. It allows what is excellent in others mm -hmm. to belong mm -hmm. to you as well. Mm -hmm. And I, I take that seriously and I'm able to somewhat as a chameleon, some don't want as a sponge uh, maybe it's SpongeBob-like, I don't know, but it's, okay. you know, being able to observe and notice ah. how leaders communicate, mm -hmm. behave, and how they carry themselves, you know, whether it's like, you know, we like to name it as executive presence, but there has been, mm -hmm. those, those, those examples and those teachings are just as important from how they work as opposed to sometimes how they don't work. And I mm -hmm. have had 
the opportunity to experience both of those as a leader. Some things that I know I did well and were exceptionally received and some that I did not and sometimes caused some difficult times. So the only way to really learn from another leader is to lead and observe, be led by someone else. Interesting. Um, and that's where I thought, so I think of my store manager in my first retail store who would, uh, you know, the way he led was just by humor and uh, mm. organization. And, uh, and he just would always catch you off guard. And I remember him calling me in the store. My pager number was three and I'd hear this Texas accent mm. over the speakers going and his, his phone extension was three. And I'd hear this three, Oh, three, three. <laughs> and I go, Oh no, what does Gary want now? Uh-huh. So uh, I'd walk into his office. I go, what is it, Gary? What do you need? He just go, what the hell are you doing? And he just wanted to talk. He just wanted <laughs> to pause. He just wanted to connect. And yeah. so his leadership style made me remember later on is that sometimes it's important to pause and just check in. And mm. that's what he did. And he checked in. Um, others have just been so fluid and so, um, I guess, comfortable in front of large audiences. I think of uh, Bert Silva, who is the CEO of Shea Homes and how how effective he is in his planning and coming mm. across and being natural and authentic mm. in his approach to his life, mm. his leadership, and his relationships, not just only with his team members, but also with his family. I was able to witness that. So oh, wow. there's a lot of different examples, but yeah. there are jewels of wisdom and jewels of observation is if you are open to seeing them. Oh, interesting. I, I want to um, go back to your, um, your manager that, that used humor. Uh, to connect, oh, yes. it, like, how, what's the effect of humor on, or what was the effect on humor on you? Well, it causes you to to pause and and kind of just be yourself. You know, uh, mm-hmm. most of us have, mm-hmm. unless uh, you've perfected a fake laugh, <laughs> your, your laugh is is a natural thing, right? Mm-hmm. And that becomes, you know, if you want to find out, just as in coaching and. Um, and in your life, you want it, the truest way for you to know how you are at the present moment is to check in with your body. And mm-hmm. humor sometimes causes your body to react, uh, right? Interesting. Either through sensory, heat, right. you know, joy, smile, joy, your, right. all your face, facial muscle, muscles come, come into play. Right. You're, you're, you become more present, I think, is what humor yeah. does and, uh, and gives it a little bit of a lighter way, a lighter way for you to see other potentials and other opportunities as opposed to being caught in gridlock. Right. And I, I can see the effect in uh, being able to connect with, with team members and actually each other. Um, Absolutely. I think it's one of the most genuine ways to, to really connect with people. Um, yes. So we're, go- we're going to get to the main topic, uh, which is leading through tough times. Um, so you spent a number of years in the home building and development mm-hmm. industry. And a few years ago, uh, that industry was hit pretty hard with the economy. Uh, would love for you to set it up and, and share what was that time like and, and what was challenging about it? Sure. I can set it up by giving you some kind of some before and afters and uh, on some uh, numerical statistics. Right. We had a team that I was leader of, of 73 people at the height of the, of the market, and um, on the downside of the roller coaster, um, we ended up having 14 people. Wow. So that was a huge, um, a huge event and, and a lot of seismic events along the way. 
um, the volume basically went to one fifth of the volume that we were um, experiencing and the amount of people that would come in and review and look at our product was traffic dropped, you know, by, mm. by 80%. So those numbers will tell you that, yes, it's a difficult time. Difficult times are, are relative, you know, in any industry, it can be caused by markets. It can be caused by, you know, global economies. It can be caused by, you know, financing issues as, uh, you know, you see coming out with the, the new movies related to overextending our capital markets and, and the lending crisis that we all went through. Part of our, the, the difficult times that we create, and, and sometimes when I say we create, and that are created for us are relative. They're, mm. they're discomfort or challenge that we yeah. want to change. And they, they are personal. And they're normally labeled the tough times or the rough times mm. or the hard times. Mm-hmm. And later, the I'm glad it's over times, right? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and um, I can tell you that certain feelings were uh, characteristics that I would describe happening during that time. Okay. They were troublesome. You know, they were created a, a tiresome environment. They were trying for all the individuals. They were exasperating. Um, sometimes they were awkward, very demanding of time and, and mental focus mm-hmm. and, and mental clarity. Um, sometimes it felt unmanageable, very unaccommodating. Whatever mm-hmm. you did didn't work sometimes, right? right. Um, you were unhelpful to your team members who were suffering losses, their team members that are no longer with them. And am I, am I right. next? Am I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was uncooperative because everything you did, you know, you're normally used to doing things and, uh, and getting a response. Anything on all difficult times, whether it was in home building and development, or if it's a personnel issues that an organization will have, or it is a lawsuit that someone may be experiencing, or it's a, a product failure or a, a catastrophic loss of an account across mm-hmm. industries. It really, the, the difficult times are, I can be, can be characterized as the difference between what is and what we want it to be. Um, that's the definition of not being present. That's pain, mm-hmm. desire, and many other types of longings. Right. And as a leader, that is where the whole person comes into play. Hmm. So can you share a little bit more about that? And um, I imagine uh, having to deliver some tough news to, to your <clears throat> team members. Uh, and what did you project um, when you were having this, these conversations and what was important uh, for you as a leader to, to share with them? Well, I think it was important that, you, you, first of all, you had to choose the right attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, and what did you choose? You, you, you had a choice to come across and believe this simple mantra that uh, you, the choice was to be bitter or better. Mm-hmm. And the bitterness was looking back. Mm-hmm. And the better was being present and being optimistic about the future. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't that didn't mean that you discarded what everyone was feeling. What what was important is what I call the rocks. Um, and the rock is really is what do you do in these these difficult times? And the first thing is to be respectful. Mm-hmm. And this is a place where understanding becomes most paramount. Mm-hmm. In not to, first of all, not to judge how others are dealing with the tough times or the um, the unsor- unfortunately involuntary in a lot of ways shrinking of the organization, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, that and that's the quickest way to c- to create a combative atmosphere is not to understand that other people are going to receive and experience these type of things differently. I see. So mm-hmm. you had to create a safe place, safe places to listen. Mm-hmm. 
to opinions and suggestions of the team members. And that's more mm-hmm. important than ever. So when you deliver the message, mm-hmm. it had to be one of very of being honest, being authentic, mm-hmm. celebrating the people that had had left. Is mm-hmm. that became, you know, I guess further along, it became something more of, boy, are you going to have to celebrate everybody? Because you're letting go right. a lot of people and what do you do? Right. Well, sometimes a simple get together and a thank you and wishing them well and trying to figure out a way that people within the organization and you as a leader and other leaders in the organization mm-hmm. can help that person as they look for other employment or become references or become, you know, someone that could be a, you know, give a testimonial right, to right. work, but do that again mm-hmm. as, as uh, authentically as possible. And then mm-hmm. you have to create forums. For example, mm-hmm. forums would be updating the team mm-hmm. through a consistent communication channel. So that's safe. I was talking about broader team meetings. You bring people together, you check Mm -hmm. in how they're feeling and really let the emotion and the, the feedback flow. Mm -hmm. Um, And then as, as a leader of specific, I guess, direct reports, then it was even more important to have what I call planned encounters. And when I say planned encounters, they're not just meetings or getting together. There's, there's an intention behind it, which is to check in, Mm-hmm. to understand what's what's important to that individual, have them understand what's important to you, yeah. agree on what actions are being taken during these times, and then follow up at a later date to tell the person very specifically, one, that you listened, two, that you care about the outcome, and then three, that you hold each other, each other mm-hmm. accountable for mm-hmm. how they want to be behaved and communicated with. I see. Um, so that's that that direct report focus is 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 critical at that point. Mm. So it sounds like you had a, a lot of focus on community, open communication with your team members. It was so, so important. And it, what it does, it provides the forum to acknowledge the commitments mm-hmm. and the achievements, even in the darkest of times. Right. Okay. And it's the best way to show the person that you care mm-hmm. about them as a team member and know that you are listening. One of the things that happens in these difficult situations for your team is that they feel like they're in the dark and to be in the dark, even in darker times is a double whammy. So over communicating, even sometimes if there's no information to give Mm -hmm. is just to let people know that we're in this together. And then we have specific goals and actions that we're going to be taking to hopefully um, resize appropriately and come out of this as a a healthier and more um, agile entity. Yeah. And, um, I think oftentimes people don't realize um, the emotional toll it takes on leaders as well. Um, even if they're not the ones getting affected or being laid off, can you can you share a, a bit about what you experience yourself as an individual? Sure. You know, as most leaders, you know, they've normally done some work related to you know understanding how they tick, what's important to them and their team. Maybe it's three hundred and sixty reviews. Maybe it's you know, through individual development plans, they've had that and what values you bring to leadership and what you stand for, how you communicate. It gives you a good place to start when you kind of keep your principles and values in check mm. and reminding yourself of what is important. Mm. So you do have to have some internal focus here. Mm. Okay. And what creates a difference there to go f- away from your principles and become something that can be adding to the problem of a difficult situation is stress and strain. Those can be portals to reactive behaviors and quick responses Mm. that are contrary to what's needed at the time. Mm. 
So what you really need to focus on and what I focused on was the ability to pause. Okay. The pause is more important than ever. You leave a little bit more between the gap between in the gap area between stimulus mm-hmm. and response. Mm. And it can o- open up a space to be understanding and empathetic mm-hmm. rather than apathetic and judgmental. Mm-hmm. You can go either way. This is an interesting kind of pendulum that swings. Mm. And Intensity and strain and stress can cause you to get away from what is your core values and the principles. And you can judge others and how they're handling these tough times. Mm-hmm. So how do you keep yourself centered? Mm-hmm. Using structure to remind you of your best self are very important during this turbulence. Mm. So it's really um, f- uh, part of it's focusing on yourself and, and, and in order for you to take care of your team. Definitely. Um, you know, if, what are some of those structures? Like, for example, taking care of it could be walks. It could be a picture mm-hmm. that inspires you, mm-hmm. a quote, some kind of daily centering that mm-hmm. provides you with reminders mm-hmm. for a little bit just before mm-hmm. you have to charge into yeah. the because You have to do right. so much. And yeah. then you can list the support of others because there really is kind of a break here that says, OK, as a leader, it's just as important about everybody else as it is about you. Mm-hmm. And it's really about the and here. And the and is the both and. Mm-hmm. It's centered and how do you think about what is best for your customer, mm-hmm. your organization, and the individuals that work with you. Because, for example, you can always tell, am I being effective for my overall organization and my leadership? And it usually boils down to this. Am I thinking about myself or others? There's a difference between knowing yourself mm-hmm. And thinking and being there for others. Mm-hmm. Knowing is a difference than focusing. Mm-hmm. You see, you, 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 there's an understanding and a connectivity you have to yourself. And if you don't have that, you need to work on it. You got to work on that really quick. And that's where mm-hmm. coaches and support and counsel and, and, and any mentors, they all come into play. Mm-hmm. And, um, one thing I'm, I'm curious about, and um, uh, a friend of mine is actually experiencing um potential layoffs uh, mm-hmm. at her company. And one of the things that uh, she's brought up is that people are, are almost, you know, trying to take care of themselves. Sure. Um, they want to be safe. They want to protect, you know, obviously their job and their livelihood. Is that something that you experience as a team and where people basically uh, were trying to protect uh, themselves or how was the team dynamic? Yeah, it's a good question. The team dynamic was one of, yes, people are worried about, you know, they're listening to the same radio station, WIFM, you know, what's in it for me, you know, what's happening to me and mm-hmm. what might happen to me. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's important that an atmosphere, which is kind of the, it's the C in the rock approach to dealing with difficult times is collaboration. Mm-hmm. How you create um, opportunities and spaces and initiatives and ways for the team to work together towards a common goal hmm. as opposed to individuals hmm. doing their job at a higher volume. I see. You see, because a lot of people want to do it at a higher bo- volume, noticing, hey, notice what I'm doing, notice my contribution, right, notice right. my value, and right. more and more is sucked into their area hmm. of 
concern and influence. Uh, and it's like, okay, not, not, I'm growing this and I'm growing this. Just like in the great mm-hmm. times, by the way, yes. that if, the, if an individual all of a sudden has too much power over administrative function, that's a mm-hmm. commonality in mm-hmm. a lot of businesses is that there's an administrator like, oh my God, I can't lose that administrator because they've now hoarded every job in the company. Right. And if I lose that person, then wow, what happens? Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot more of that dynamic going mm-hmm. on. But the key thing, again, is to check in and have regular interactions. Mm-hmm. This is a key piece. And, and if you see it, mm-hmm. you got to call it out. And you yeah. call it out in an observing and a noticing way, not in a judging way. And there's a mm. big difference between mm. noticing and observing becomes more paramount. Yeah. It's interesting that you bring up there's still, even in these tough times, there's still a place for creating a vision and getting the team together and getting them to sync up and also giving feedback. You can't just let people wallow and, you know, behave or change their behaviors, but you, you're still an opportunity to correct undesired behaviors. There's no question. Those opportunities as a leader, if you're investing the time and mm-hmm. communicating in an open, respectful manner with your team, mm-hmm. those opportunities present themselves even more in these mm-hmm. times. Now, time is a constraint. There's no question. Mm-hmm. You only have two things that you can control, right? Is your time and your energy you place with the time that you choose mm-hmm. wake, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the, the bottom line is, is that what do you do with that time? So yeah. if you're looking at, you know, individuals and how you interact with them, remember these people that are kind of in the realm of your organization after these downsizing and after mm-hmm. all these changes, you know, they are um, the best of the best. Mm-hmm. They're the cream of the crop. They're the people mm-hmm. that you have that are left to do what is necessary in the organization to keep the doors open mm. and to keep the organization, you know, positive in mm. cash flow. Right. So there's a, there's a huge responsibility and an appreciation that, that has to go on that. And it's not just in the downsizing times. I just want to make sure that's clear because difficult mm. times, yeah. even right now, you know, the economy is going along a little bit better. You know, the, mm-hmm. you know, unemployment numbers are, are down. You know, there's, there's a, what, seven-year lows I read this morning. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's a lot of uh, investment venture capital money is flowing like crazy. A lot of startups are, are doing well and getting the investment that, that they desire and subscribing, subscribing their uh, capital um, needs and getting subscriptions to those. So there's a lot out there. What's still prevalent, though, are the difficult times. And sometimes they're just not as catastrophic. Right. They're more of their occupying time and mindset. And usually that has to do with a failure and or an opportunity mm. to avoid failure in developing and leading people and developing mm-hmm. leaders. Mm-hmm. And um, a leader that is not in the right frame of mind can cause a lot of damage in an right. organization. Right. And that can cause difficult times to the people that are working there. Mm-hmm. So not only, and sometimes this difficult time that's created, the leader isn't even aware of it, or frankly, mm-hmm. is, is in denial of it. Right. And so those difficult times have their own set of, a set of explorations, I would mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that's important too, because difficult times can be created by the leader. I mean, mm-hmm. you see that all the time, you know, right. bad cultures, yeah. bad organizations, low employee engagement, low employee mm-hmm. commitment, a lack of alignment with mm-hmm. the organization's goals and objectives. Right. Those, right. those are difficult times that can be mm-hmm. in the best of times, so to right. speak. Right. So it's not just the jarring, you know, situations when the economy plummets or there's layoffs happening. There's, there's still attention to be put on even teams that are maybe not having commitment or having accountability. So it's, that's still tough times, as you, as you said. 
There's no question. I mean, you know, you people can drown in the, the calmest of waters and the rough, mm-hmm. roughest of seas. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You know? I mean, it's really, you know, it's it's a it's a it's an interesting dynamic. And what I, that's what I mentioned earlier. It's 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 all relative. Yeah. You know, and and how do you deal with these relative difficult times? Mm-hmm. And you know, it's interesting. You know, we deal with difficult times right now in a global perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, we we really do. We we deal with, you know, what is going on in the world and and having to deal with that. And how do we, how does that affect us? You know, Mm. it's interesting, you know, you have to be opportunistic in that area Mm. and that's the place of noticing and observation. Mm -hmm. You've heard of the old adage, you know, like you never, you never fail to take advantage of a crisis. Well, that can be interpreted in many different ways. I mean, Mm. the most callous says, well, gosh, the people that aren't performing, you let them go. Mm. Right. I mean, Oh my God, this is no, well, the purpose of leading in difficult times for our discussion is on an advantage that the advantage as a way to shed light on the crisis as opposed to taking advantage of something or someone like these difficult times right now, what do you notice? Who do you observe? What's being done? It was interesting. Mr. Rogers, I don't know if you heard this quote, you know, it was a reaction to what happened in France. Mm. Oh yeah. Happening. It's, you know, it's, you know, so what do you do in these difficult times? You know, I'm scared. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, this terrorist action, what's going on? Even my 11-year-old say, Dad, you know, is ISIS coming? You know, that type mm. of thing. People just get all scared. Right, right. It says, you know, Mr. Rogers, when I was a boy and there's scary things would happen, his mother would say, look for the helpers. Mm. You will always find people who are helping. So in the difficult times within our organization, and as we mm. lead, look for and notice the helpers, right. the collaborators, mm-hmm. the influencers, mm-hmm. the people that are stepping up to do what mm-hmm. is necessary to right. make a better day for their colleagues. Mm-hmm. And then make note of that and understand how are you playing a role in this opportun- opportunistic side, mm-hmm. this crisis of difficult times. Right, right. But what's possible, no others what's possible. It's, it's interesting that you bring up fear uh, as the emotions in, in different times. I imagine, you know, right now, as you mentioned, with with fear around terrorism, uh, fear around gun violence, but, you know, fear also manifests in the in the workplace. Uh, I imagine there was a lot of fear and during layoffs and, and even in good times, there's fear. Uh, and I think sometimes fear makes people behave uh, erratically or unexpectedly. It's one of those really powerful emotions that really get sometimes get the best out of us. Uh, and I think that's potentially what's happening now in, in our world. So Richard, what did you learn about yourself during those, those times? Uh, I think it, it really boils down to, to what I had, had mentioned. And mm-hmm. it's becoming clearer and clearer to me is that you operate in an environment of respect for yourself and others. And, and you're opportunistic in what you observe and what you notice and what you communicate. You collaborate with your team. Your team gets smaller. Mm-hmm. Your team gets more uh, nimble. Mm-hmm. Um, they get stretched. They get uh, challenged more and work together and leverage the strengths and skills and brilliance of your team members. Mm-hmm. Um, and then be as knowledgeable as possible. That's the last uh, letter of the of the acronym of ROCK. Mm-hmm. It's, it's that, you know, you're knowledgeable. And... Mm-hmm. Your, your knowledge about your industry and in mm-hmm. reaching out to others that may have been through this before. You know, they may offer mm-hmm. some nuggets of wisdom mm-hmm. um, that can save you a few, a few steps. I know that I talked with other people that in the organizations, and a lot of them had not been through downtimes. It, 
on the run-up to the fall of the home building and development industry, you know, that was a, a record stretch mm-hmm. of high times and right. uh, increasing revenues and market expansion. And, um, and, and some of that was, it was faux, you know, it was false. And it was uh, hyper accelerated, and um, it was it was an unreal time. Well, mm-hmm. it became an unreal time the other way. Right. So, you know, what are so it really boils down to is is if you can get to a place of understanding yourself, mm-hmm. understanding that you know you are being observed and mm-hmm. watched as a leader, especially in mm-hmm. the difficult times, and to take your stakeholders' feelings and your stakeholders' um, skill sets into utmost importance. Mm-hmm. And, and really get to know them even better, and you'll get to know yourself. And then, what do you? What are some of the learnings that you can take from it and, and jot those down? Mm-hmm. Um, the more you care about your team and understanding, the more they will care about how you lead and right. what you say in a time of crisis. They're not right. going to care care about what you say until they realize how much you care, and that's very true. Right. Um, in most relationships, frankly, in all relationships, mm-hmm. um, and then realize after this, this is the this is the thing that I think I took away that was the most important thing for me is that the most courageous efforts are not the ones taken in times of crisis. Mm. The most courageous effort is the one which is carried out without an imperative need to do so. Mm. It's to those times that I applaud those leaders who take the time to improve Mm -hmm. and grow and discern and study and invest time in their themselves and their team and in their market mm-hmm. and their understanding and their knowledge, whether that's right. in the financial realm, whether it's in operating, whether it's in the construction techniques, and really learning all of that as much as possible mm-hmm. without a critical need to do so, you know, without something right. slamming on the windshield. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've learned the most is like invest, learn like your hair's on fire, even if it's not. <laughs> I, 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 tough I, to do. Yeah, I really love that insight because it it helps you prepare prepare for for those times when it does turn tough. Because uh, you'll be a much stronger team, a much stronger leader before you know shit hits fan. Uh, <laughs> well, you know what? You know it's true, Davidson, and it's I, I like the metaphor of the sailboat. You know, if you you realize like two thirds of the weight of the sailboat is basically right at the waterline and below. Mm. And the keel. Is, is so heavy mm-hmm. and the keel is what keeps you buoyant right mm-hmm. and so and it keeps you if you think of this wind and the turbulence of the sailboat mm-hmm. it prevents you from tipping over and those are your values your principles what you believe in your right. skill sets your knowledge your integrity your authenticity and what makes you solid as an individual mm-hmm. those things mm-hmm. keep you from tipping over in those very windy you know, hurricane type conditions of what we call the difficult or tough times. Mm-hmm. So deepen your keel, mm-hmm. deepen your keel as much as you can, right. as often as you can, and help your team members to do the same. And that helps you, you know, as you go. Yeah. And, and frankly, sometimes the organization may just have to say goodbye. Right. right. Because because of the difficult times. But you're, you are still, you are stronger as an individual. Your team members mm-hmm. are stronger as individuals. And mm-hmm. your, your leadership skills are more honed and uh, be able to navigate these difficult times. Hmm. I, I, I can really sense that you were and, and still are a, a confident and compassionate leader. Um, there's room for both. There is. Um, and, and, it's, and it's a, um, it's not something that I, I see as extremely prevalent out there. Hmm. 
to be honest with you. Um, I just don't know um, if that's something that, you know, I think vulnerability is something that is perceived by the leader sometimes as that might show weakness. Right. What I've also learned too over time is that there is a degree to which you are exposing all of your feelings as a leader. Mm. You don't put all of it out there. Right. Um, And if you do, you put yourself in a position where, my gosh, I I need someone to to take this, you know, without getting hysterical, overly emotional about this. So, you know, I think that there's, there's a time for that. There's, there's, Mm -hmm. there's a compassionate understanding and a listening that occurs that is the both ends. So, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tenacity and diligence mm-hmm. and compassionate understanding are keys to, I think, being a more um, authentic leader, certainly for me. And, mm-hmm. and whatever the authentic way in which that individual leads, for example, their, their authentic value might be, look, I value my contribution by making the most money I can for the organization. Mm-hmm. And and they they're that's how they're driven. And that's right. okay, too. They're authentic mm-hmm. to that. And then he's he or she has team members that follow that and mm-hmm. it resonates with them. And they've created an organization that the bottom line is their investment manager. That's right. great. Right. So it's all, it's all relative, but mm-hmm. I do for me as my personal style. Yes, you're right. The compassionate and determined and effective leader. I think they can both reside in the same sandbox. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this has been um, very insightful. Um, learned a lot and and you know from your example and and you sharing you know these these difficult times with us before we end we'll always end with this question um is there a fictional leader that you admire and why a fictional leader um you know there was something about braveheart now i understand william wallace is a non you know, a non-fictional figure, but the, I guess the energy and the way it was displayed was, is very um, invigorating to me. And I think a lot of it has to do with the, the music. Okay. Oh, yeah. I have a music intelligence. And and so if music is playing in the background or it's part of like a thematic Mm -hmm. uh, atmosphere, for example, it's, it's, um, if I'm studying or preparing for something, it, it opens up spaces for me and, and creates that energy and that feel. So yeah. I think that, that, that ah. depiction yeah. of, of William Wallace, mm. which a lot of it was fiction. I mean, yes. <laughs> um, was, was there, was, is, is very inspiring to me. Right. There's, yeah. like I, I said, there's, there's also pieces of, you know, Vito Corleone, you know, with regard to being a listener and really mm. trying to understand oh. what's going on. Ah. You know, that's, that's an interesting Piece. And if you notice, even in the start of that, those movie, that movie, I mean, it's all about him listening mm. to the person that is talking about ah. his daughter. Interesting. And yeah. And so then, mm. so that's a, uh, that's very intriguing uh, to me. There's, there's some others, but those two are the first ones that, that come. Ah. It's, it's interesting. That's a, a very different take on, uh, uh, you know, those movies. Well, Richard, this has been uh, wonderful speaking to you. I really loved your metaphors, <laughs> your acronyms. Uh, I, I just figured out what WIFM uh, <laughs> means. Oh, what's in it, what's <laughs> what's in in it, it for me? me? Yes. So I, 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 I'll probably use that uh, in the future. But, you are um, welcome to, my friend. Thank you so much. You bet. Thank you, Davison. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Leaders Foundry podcast. As always, you can subscribe and read us on iTunes. Also, we'll be doing future episodes using Q&A from the audience. So if you have a question that you would like answered, you can send it to hello at davidsonyoung.com. To find out more information about the Leaders Foundry, you can find us at theleadersfoundry.com.